0: Praise the Lord, amen. We're glad to be in the house of God tonight. Uh, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. We have several several connected to the church that are sick. I uh, want to be much in prayer for them. Several went, We had several that's gone to the doctor today, uh, many that have um, uh, gone, medications and all this stuff like this, trying to get o- get over this stuff. One called me er- a while ago and said he's living off of uh, uh, cough drops and alka uh, since uh, since last week, so uh, let's just continue to be praying for each one of them. i going to let you know, too, for those that don't already know, uh, Sister June Ann Davis was able to come home from the hospital today. Uh, they're at home. She's resting. Uh, so just continue to be praying for both Emory and uh, June Ann uh, during this time. If you want to call and check on them, you're welcome to do so. But just do keep in mind uh, they're getting, they're getting a lot of rest right now. Everybody knows you can't rest at the hospital. So just continue to be praying for them. Uh, they do have home health coming tomorrow to the house, uh, so just keep that in mind as well. Some have already asked, have texted us, and, and have already asked about if we need to take foods or anything like that to their house. Uh, we're going to get all that stuff lined up, and we'll go from there. We'll get that squared away uh, first, let them get home, get settled, and we'll we'll take care of what we need to and let everybody know as we go forward what's going on and so just continue to be praying for both of them. If you have a prayer request tonight, let it be known by lifting your hand. God knows every need. If you're joining us on live stream, text the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744 so that we can partner together with prayer. Let's bow our heads and let's pray tonight and ask God to touch and minister in our services dear heavenly fathers we come to you again today thank you for the blessings that you've given us thank you for this great opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you father tonight you see those that are not able to be here due to sickness that are joined us on live stream tonight Father, you see those that are in-house and those that are at home. Father, I pray that you'll move and minister in a mighty way in every heart and every life that's here tonight. You see those that are sick and you see those that have had medications and things that going on. Father, I pray that you'll move and minister in their lives in a mighty way. Touch our kids' class, our teens, our young adults, Bible study in-house, and those that are on live feed. Father, I pray that you'll move in a mighty way. Tonight, we ask you to touch and minister the hearts and lives of each one. We've ever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let's worship tonight in song, amen. I'm
1: glad to see everybody here tonight. I'm going to let y'all sit tonight. We're going to sing to y'all, Brother Dan. Has come to to make you new. This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know? Your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand, and did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels fly? When you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Oh. Y'all want to join in? This is one day at a time.
0: Show me the way, one day at a time. Brother Dan, put verse, I was looking at this earlier, knowing where I was going tonight. So I want you to put verse 2 back up there really quickly. This is talking about to Jesus. It says, do you remember, talking to Jesus, do you remember when you walked here on earth? Among all these crazy folk. (laughs) Uh, Well, Jesus, you know, if you're looking down here, it's worse now than it used to be. That's the truth. It's worse today than it's ever been before. Pushing and shoving, crowding my mind. So for my sake, Lord, teach me to take one day at a time. Before I start with tonight, I want you to, I want you to understand something. We've got a lot of stuff going on in our school systems. There's a lot of things happening. A lot of things are taking place. I realize one hundred percent. I am on live stream tonight. I am not a crazy. I, I know this. Okay. If there's any point in time that. It would be shut down here in the next few minutes is probably it might do it okay if somebody's monitoring and they're wanting to do stuff like that these social media giants here in just a few moments is fixing to happen you've got even in the school systems here and where we're at you've got so many of the school systems I told I sent a text out earlier said this is something that Christians have got to hear okay this is something we all need to hear and we all need to understand there's so much going on today Kids, boys can go in, girl, and they can say something that a little boy can go into the school systems today and they can say something's going on this, something's going on that. And these teachers are now allowed, this is, this is going on across America. These teachers are allowed to say it's just meaning that you're not really a boy, you're a girl, and we'll help you with that process. And mommies and daddies are never allowed to know, okay, uh, and vice versa. There's also school systems that's going on right now. This is happening, y'all. School systems today, they have such junk going on in the libraries. They're removing books that I grew up on that I had to read for English class. I had to do book reports on. Those books are, are having to come out of the classes or out of the libraries and things that are staying in that is completely pornography, and that's allowed to stay in the schools. One school system the mayor of the town actually walked into the school board meeting and he said he's already approached a judge and they've already got everything confirmed and he gave this five panel school board the option that night during the school, sp- school board meeting he gave them the option y'all can either resign tonight or criminal charges will be brought against you in the morning for allowing pornography to be in our elementary schools by the way, it'll be removed in the morning. This is what the mayor of this town said. These are the things that as parents, I never dreamed that I would have to make sure, and I'm just going to be real with you. I'm so thankful that my daughter is homeschooled because I don't have to worry about what's in her library. I don't have to worry about what's on her uh, in her in in her books that she's learning. I can see everything that she's doing. I approached, this is before, she became homeschooled. I approached her teacher, her math teacher. This ain't got nothing to do with anything else. I approached her math teacher and said, would you please send her book home? She's having a little problem with this, and I want to be able to help her. The school teacher said, it's none of your business what I, what we're teaching your child. Next day, she was unenrolled from school. People thought, if I tell them that she's homeschooled, they think it's a COVID thing. No, it ain't got jack to do with COVID. She's in the third grade. She was not in this school system. She was in the Randolph County school systems. And I'm sure that they love me telling that. This is the things that's going on in our school systems. This is what we as parents have got to protect our kids from. I'm holding in my hand, and I will not not justify reading this on live feed. I will not justify reading what I've got in my hand on live feed. I did print it off. If you want to read it, I'll be glad for you to read it. If you want to know how to find this, I'll be glad to tell you how to find it. I'm not going to justify putting credence to this, but I wanted to print this off in case anybody wanted to read this. This is in my hands right now. A new club is being started in, in, in school systems. Okay? A new club is starting in school systems. The very first one is in Tennessee. It's the pilot program that's being started. This right here is the seven rules or the seven life uh, stories of their life. This is the seven things that they must go by in this club. This is the club. This is the this is the uh, things that they're going to adhere to in this club that they've just started. I'm just to tell you what the club is called, but before I do, I need you to understand. I've read these seven these seven tenets, these seven things, and if you didn't know any better you would think, man, that's a good club. I want my child to join that. I want my child to join that. Would you like to know the name of this club? very first one is being started right now in Tennessee. Tennessee is still considered part of the Bible Belt. Okay? Guess what? The title of this, the name of this club is the ASSC or also called the After School Satanic Club. This is being started in the schools right now. If you want to Google search, you can Google. Seven, all, Seven, all, and you'll be able to find this. And guess what? It'll take you straight to the temple.com This is what's being taught in our school systems. But do you know what we cannot do in our schools? You cannot say the name of Jesus in the schools, but yet you can have this garbage crammed down our kids' throats. You cannot take a Bible in a lot of school systems, but yet this junk is being crammed down our kids' throats. I'm going to tell you something, church. It's, it's high time that the church did not take a back seat on things and we start going forward and knowing what's going on. I don't care if you're the parent or the grandparent's. You need to know what's being taught in our school systems. Amen? You need to be involved in that. Growing up, look, growing, I know I'm 44 years old. I'm still a baby. Growing up, my parents didn't have to go back and forth to the schools. If if somebody called my mom or my dad that we, one of us, got in trouble in the school, they met us at the door when we got home. And it wasn't funny. It was very bad. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? If my brother, and it was always my brother, if my brother acted up on the bus, and I hope he's watching this, if he acted up on the bus, we was first on, last off on our school bus. First one on the school bus, we was the last one off at night. I didn't say in the afternoon, I said at night. We we was on the bus for two hours, Okay. I kid you not, our bus driver was best friends with our dad. You do not want to be on a bus with the dr- bus driver's best friends with your dad. okay? If my brother acted up because it was always my brother, he did not was not allowed to get off of the bus. He had to stay on the bus and he got to go home and he got to clean the cheese wagon. And I'm talking from the top to the bottom. The tires, the inside, the outside. I think that if some kids got to clean the buses today, they might would act a little different. But here's the thing. We've got to know what's going on in our school systems. We cannot, and I, I hate to even say this, we cannot just allow that the, to believe that the school systems, that the teachers and the, and the educators there and the Board of Education has our kids' best interests at heart can't do that any longer if they're going to allow this junk but they can't have the Bible that's a problem you're going to have this junk and I'm going to tell you something I read these out loud when we was at the house the other night I ran across this article and I was thinking surely that's not the truth I start digging into that and I start investigating it's the truth that I'm thinking are you kidding me somebody's pranking me on this And I started reading these seven tenets, these seven rules to follow, these seven things that they're building this club on. And, Brother Kevin, I was thinking, man, some of those are nice. Those are good. But then I have to remember what they're built off of, and I'm like, this is nothing but garbage. But this is what they're allowing to teach our kids in the school systems. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus walked on earth, and it's worse now than it's ever been before. Lord, help me to take one day at a time. Help me to be the person that needs to be in our our world today. Help me to be the light shining to those around us. Help me to be the person that I need to be in this world. Churches today, they're arguing over this and arguing over that and they're, wall color, or should we or should we not have a Christmas tree? Do you know how many times every year at Christmas I have that argument, not here, other churches. Do you know I have to extinguish that that argument often with with some churches I have to help extinguish that. I have pastors, not just in church of God in other denominations, they'll call me up and they'll say, I can't believe it. Some of my folks want to put a Christmas tree in the sanctuary. Who cares? Is the cross there? Are you teaching about Jesus? Let's move forward. I have people talking about whether or not we need to talk about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or or whatever else. Talk about Jesus and who really cares about the rest of this. What we've got to understand is if our kids know who Jesus is, if our kids know who Jesus is, this stuff is not going to matter. If our kids know who Jesus is, this stuff right here, they're gonna know. If our kids know who Jesus is, this junk right here is not gonna matter. What's going on in the schools? Why? Because they're gonna take a stand against this mess. I, I've said it. I said it right here in this altar, a few weeks ago, right before school started back. Well, it's been a couple of months now. Had all of our kids right around in a circle, and I told them, I said, if you get kicked out of the school because because you wanted to pray over your meal, you get kicked out of the school because you took your Bible to the school, you call Pastor Andy, I'll be the first one to be glad to come check you out of the school system. Why? Because I'm going to tell you, I'd rather stand for Jesus than this mess. This right here is garbage, and they're allowing this to be taught, but they can't say the word Jesus. I'm going to tell you, Lord, help me today. Show me the way. To take one more step, we've as parents, we as parents, as grandparents, we've got to take one more step to showing our kids and our grandkids, all of those that are coming up behind us, what it is to be a Christian, because this this world is messed up. This world is messed up, and people think it, when they hear a Christian saying something like that, they're saying. Oh, you're just being hyperbole. You're just, you're just exaggerating. You're just being conspiracy, conspiracy theory. I've had it all told to me. I'm going to tell you something. I've not changed what I've said for, for 10, 15 years. I'm telling you, we have got to know what's being done in our schools, teaching to our kids. But if our kids know who Jesus is, I don't care if they don't want to allow prayer in school. I'm not concerned about that. If prayer's in the home and prayer is in the church, prayer will be in the school. If we if we're teaching our kids how to read the Bible at home and we're we're showing them that in the church it'll be in the school systems they allow that they allow them to have this right here to have a calculator now I, didn't, I did not have a calculator at all are you kidding me brother Dan <laughs> we're not live I told y'all we are not live hallelujah Little do they know, we record this, and I'll post it later. And if they take it down, I'll post it again. I'm not concerned, and I've said this for for 20 years, and people are upset. I've had church folks get upset with me about this. I'm not concerned if there's prayer in school. There needs to be prayer in the home. There needs to be prayer in the church. And when there's prayer in the home and there's prayer in the church, there will be prayer in the schools. I've used, I've used Cade as an example for eight years now, that poor little boy. My first service at Coosa Valley was his first service back in, was it not? I loved it whenever they give me a text or they'll, they'll send me a video or, or I'll get a phone call or I, they'll tell me at church the next time or something. They'll say, you should have heard Cade praying last night over our meal. I, what did he do this time? He said, amen and amen. Where did he get that from? Our kids are listening. We have got to give them something good to listen to. This is not good. This is junk. I was going to, but then I changed my mind. I was going to put, Sister Stephanie's got a a shredder in there. And I was going to set it up here. And plug it up over here, and I was going to shred this, but I want—if you want to see this, I want you to see this after service. I want you to see this because I'm going to tell you something. Not to—not to promote this, but why? Because you need to know what. Oh, it's in Tennessee. It's not in Alabama. Wake up. Wake up. Yes, sir. If we don't do something, it's coming. If we don't—if we don't start taking a stand, it's coming. It'll never come to Pell City, Alabama. <laughs> There's probably other things that people thought would never come to Pell City, Alabama, and it's here. Church, y'all, we need to wake up. And in that, to that end, to that end. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Tony Benefield texted, "We're not live anymore." <laughs> well, <laughs> it'll be it'll, it's recorded, and it'll go live again in a little bit. To that end, we've got to put the right clothing on. We've got to put the right garment on. There's a song that they sing, and, 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 and Deborah, help me on these words. It's, it's talking about the garment of praise. I'm going to tell you something. We need to be putting on a garment of praise. Oh, Brother Andy, you just don't know. I don't know how to sing. Neither do I. But we still need to put a garment of praise on. The Bible tells us make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I can make a noise, I'm going to tell you straight up. (laughs) I can make a noise, and we need to make a joyful noise unto God, giving God praise, amen? We need to give God praise. There needs to be the clothing. We need to have the right clothing on as a Christian. Why? Because this, this world we're living in is very dangerous. You don't, besides Dan, nobody walks out of the house Besides Dan and Tony, nobody walks out of the house in twenty degree weather without a jacket on. Okay? You just don't do that. Why? Because it's cold and you put a coat on. Now Dan and Tony's gonna put short pants and t shirt on, they're gonna go out anyway. But you know, he he, he shot me the other day and he had he come in and he had he had long pants on. I said, Is it that cold outside? He said, Yeah, <laughs> But what we've got to realize is, when we walk out of our house, we are dressed, ready for the day, right? If I'm doing a funeral, I'm going in my I'm going in a suit and tie. If I'm if I'm going home visits like I did today, I'm going blue. I may be in blue jeans or t-shirt or long sleeve shirt or or, or khakis or something like that. I'm going to be dressed for what I'm going for, right? You know. Somebody asked the question one time. This goes right along with this. Somebody asked the question one time uh, concerning uh, Christians, and uh, it was mainly referring to preachers and pastors. And I'm not knocking anybody because I know this is going to go live in a little while. I, I know the recording's going to go out there live in a little bit, so I'm not knocking anybody. I know that there are some pastors, or some preachers, or some evangelists that that this is what they would be dressed like on Sunday mornings. Me, I, I'm in a suit and tie. That's just that's just me. Okay. That's not knocking anybody else. That's not saying anything about anybody else. And that's not saying that I'm not saved if I'm, not, if I'm wearing this on Sunday morning. Y'all, ever, Some folks would be shocked if I was to walk in here on Sunday morning dressed like this. Is there anything wrong with dressing like this on a Sunday morning? No, there is not. I want you to understand that very quickly. There's not. For me, I am, I'm, I'm just in a suit and tie. Why? That's just who I am. That's who I am and that's okay. Somebody said something about doctors and and and, and lawyers and those that's wearing uh, they wear scrubs and stuff like that when they're in surgery. wonder why they do that and somebody is asking said, well if you was going in for brain surgery, would you want your doctor to show up in a Hawaiian shirt and short pants? Well honestly, I hope they've got me knocked out before he comes in but as long as he knows how to do the surgery, I guess I'd be all right with whatever he's wearing. I mean, I just want him to be able to know what he, where he's cutting and you know not mess my hair up. What we've got to realize and understand is we need to we need to look at the spiritual clothing of a Christian. The spiritual clothing of a Christian. We need the whole armor of God on in our lives. We need our kids having the whole armor of God on in their lives. Amen? This coming Sunday, our kids are gonna be doing, this coming Sunday, our kids are gonna be doing a little skit and, and a song. The next Sunday, our teenagers is gonna be doing a little skit to a song. And they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be dressed up and they're gonna have their, their little outfits on and they're gonna look all cute and they're gonna look the part. I'm gonna tell you something. Spiritually speaking, we need to look the part. We need to have the right garment on. We need to have the garment of praise and not the, not the garment of sourness. We need to have a defense mechanism up in our lives to guard against this mess. Amen? We need to know what we're guarding against and not sit back and say, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Say, shirah, shirah, whatever will be will be. No, that's not how we need to act as Christians. We need to take a stand. Take a look at Colossians chapter 3. Last couple of Wednesday nights we've been in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Take a look at verse 12 through 15. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you it's amazing to me the number of Christians that holds a grudge for 50 years against another Christian. Hello now I need you I need us to understand sue that there's there is a There is a repentant heart that has to be there as well for forgiveness. Hello? And there is also restoration when one's done wrong. Hello? But forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so so you also must forgive. Verse 14, and above all these things put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. The Apostle Paul over the last couple of Wednesday nights we've been looking at in Colossians, the Apostle Paul has been concerned about the Christian's outward appearance or the Christian's spiritual clothing. In the verses that that was last Wednesday night Paul discussed what we are, what we call the garments of the ungodly. There are certain desires, dispositions, distinctions that we've got to get rid of and we've got to strip off of our lives. We've got to get rid of those things and remove those. But when we remove something, as we talked about last Wednesday night, you remove something, you've got to put something else on. When you remove something out of your life, the negative, when you remove the things that we do not need, you've got to put something else back on. And Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 tells us that you need to clothe yourselves. Put on as God's chosen people. Once you've got something removed, you need to put something back on following are the things that must that can be classified as the clothing of a Christian. Paul goes on further in these verses and he talks about what a Christian has got to wear. Now, you know, is when you get a job, sometimes there are uniforms that you've got to wear. If you work down at the railroad, <laughs> Kevin was we was we was all standing together last last week or so and, 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 and brother Kevin was talking about uh and and if I get this wrong then just just ignore what I say and go ask Brother Kevin he'll tell you the right one. But he was talking about how that somebody would they had to they had to reach their arm under in the under the train engine section and they're pulling they're messing with the air hose. Wasn't it the air hose or something like that? Air in. They're putting air in the in it, and they would reach under, and they have to reach. He was showing us, he said, they got to reach way up like this. And, and he said that some of them they've gotten bit by spiders on their arms. And he said, forget that. I'm, you know, I'm wearing, I got a hoodie on. I don't care if it's hot or cold or what. I've got a hoodie on. And when I got to reach under there, I pull that, that he, pu- he said, I pull that sleeve all the way down over my hand. And this is how I go. Because if I pull my arm out and there's a spider, he said it was a brown recluse, wasn't it? I pull my arm out like this, there's a spider on my sleeve, then then I can hit it and knock it off. And I'm sitting here, when he's telling the whole story, I'm sitting here thinking, he can hit it and knock it off. What are you talking about? I'm going to scream. I'm going to flail my arm around like this, and I'm going to make that thing fly. That thing's going to turn into a bird and fly away. But he said, he reaches, You know, you reach under there like that, and look. You're not going to do that. If Get bit one time. You're not going to reach under there again. You, you, you're like, Brother Kevin, you see somebody else get bit. You ain't going to reach your arm up there like that. You're going to make sure your arm's covered, right? Well, listen, that's the same thing with us as Christians. There's so much that's been going on in this world. We have been enlightened in our lives, these after-school clubs, these things that are being taught in, in the school systems. We've been enlightened. Some are getting bit. we got put. We got we to make sure that our arms are covered. We've got to make sure that as God's chosen people, we've got to make sure we put on the right garment to make sure that we're protected. There's a right garment to be put on into our lives so that we can be protected in that time. When we remove the wrong things and we put on the right things, Classification of the Christian clothing, we put those things on. Notice the things that we're putting on. Note that they are not things that we would naturally add to our lives. They can only come to God's chosen people. God's holy and dearly loved people. Not church folks, but God's people. There's a big difference. People show up to church and and try to pretend. They try to fit right in with the, with the holy crowd. Well, eventually it does work out that they ain't so holy. Do You hear what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about the holier than thou, because that ain't, that ain't of God either. I'm talking about as God's chosen, holy, beloved people. Some of the desires and personal qualities that make up Christian clothing, Colossians 3 and 12 tells us the qualities of that clothing. Look at what it says. It's compassion. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. That P word that nobody likes. Patience. I'm going to tell you. As a Christian, we got to have patience. I've, had it, I've heard it said time and time again. Don't pray for patience. Do you know why? Because trials comes with that patience comes in. I'm going to tell you. Trials is going to come whether you pray for patience or not. Trials are coming our way whether you pray for patience or not. And I can promise you, we're going to want God to help us with our patience in life. Amen? Amen? Notice the relationship here. These qualities all have to do with personal one-on-one relationship. This is the holiday season. You, you, got, you, you interact with people that you may interact with once to three, two to three times a year. You're going to interact with people right now with people you only interact with one, two, to three times a year. you got to have patience. Hello? There's people that you're, you're, you're only going to see once, twice a year during these holiday seasons. And guess what? They know you are professing to be a Christian. You better have the right qualities. These have to do with personal relationships, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. These are the things to help people relate well to one another and to get along with one another. Then we also look into in verse 13, the practice of forgiving also makes up a part of a Christian's clothing. There's an incentive for forgiveness I don't know about you, but I know that I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Guess what? There's an incentive for me to show forgiveness. You know what that is? I want God to forgive me. I don't know about you, but I'm not holding something against somebody so that God can say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I want God to forgive me, so guess what? If I know that in order for me to receive forgiveness, I have got to show forgiveness to those around me, I'm going to forgive everybody. I don't care what you did. You looked at me the wrong way. You're forgiven. Hallelujah, glory to God. You slapped me across the head. Hallelujah, glory to God. You're forgiven. That doesn't give anybody an opportunity to open up the door to to come hit me. Okay, I I did not say that. It doesn't matter what goes on. We've got to have the right incentive. And the incentive is, I want forgiveness. And guess what? I need to give forgiveness where it's there. Haven't been forgiven, we need to forgive. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things for people to do. Forgiveness is, is one of the hardest things for people to do. Why? Because they done me wrong and I don't want to forgive them. Forgiveness has nothing to do, forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Forgiveness has to do with me. Me giving forgiveness to somebody has nothing to do with them, but it has to do with the fact that I'm letting go with that 20-pound weight off of around my neck. I don't want to have to carry that, and I'm getting rid of it. I'm forgiven. I am forgiving people for what they've done for me. Why? Because I want God to forgive me. I want to get rid of the burdens on my life, and I want God to forgive me. There's an inclusiveness about forgiveness, the Bible tells us, bearing one with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive. because God has forgiven you. You know, there was a story, and I read this other day, in the last couple of days, I read a story, uh, I read an article, I read a story, and and it was talking about two fictional characters. This was a fictional book, this was a fictional thing, This is not real life. But it was talking about a a presidential assassination. It was talking about a family member. Again, please understand this was fictional. Everything fictional. But I I I want to prove a point here in just a second. It was talking about. An assassination of a of, of a well known individual. It may have been a president, king, something to that effect, but it was an assassination. And it was a family member, it was like it was a, a fictional interview of a family member of the person that got assassinated, and the interview was also done with the person that did the assassination. And it was saying that they had to forgive. That person that did the assassination, they had to that, that family member had to forgive because the person that got assassinated would have forgiven that person anyway. Why? Because it was all about forgiveness. It was all about forgetting what's going on and moving forward in the right way. Well, church, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people has been done wrong. Many of you in here, many of those that may watch this later on on live stream, maybe they've done, been done wrong. Things have happened in all of our lives. And I'm going to tell you something. There's things that's done, that happened in my life that it's, sometimes it's been hard to say, I forgive them. I'm crazy. I invite them to church. You know why? Because I want them saved above all else. I want them, I want their soul to be right with God above all else. And, church, that's what we've got to realize and we've got to understand. It's not about anything else, but look, a hundred years from now, what somebody did against you is not really going to matter. Where we spend eternity is going to matter. Amen? And me not forgiving somebody, if that was gonna, if I thought that was gonna keep me out of heaven, you bet your bottom dollar. I don't know. I don't remember if they did something or not. I forgive them anyway. We've got to learn forgiveness. That is a part of Christian clothing. Verse fourteen talks about that. Love is a part of our Christian clothing. Love is the binding power that holds the Christian body together. Do you know what people have described Coosa Valley Church of God to me? People have described Coosa Valley Church of God to me. I will have guests come to this church. Y'all don't know this, but I've invited people to this church that goes to church. They're faithful in their church. But I've invited them to this church as a guest to come back later and tell me what is your thought process is. What, What did you think? About Coosa Valley. What did you think about this church? You know what the biggest thing that people always tell me about Coosa Valley Church of God? The biggest thing they tell me is that it's a loving church. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how you act. I don't care what your past is. Them folks are going to love you so many ways you're going to bound to like one of them. That is what the biggest thing that I get told about Coosa Valley Church of God is this is a loving church. Well, you know what? If that's the way somebody's going to describe this church, I'll accept it. We've got to show God's love. That is the greatest power that holds a church body, a Christian body together, is love. Love is the greatest of all Christian virtues. Love is the greatest Of all things that a Christian can show to somebody else. It is the love of God. And then finally tonight, there's peace of God that makes up Christian clothing. Take a look at, oh, yeah, 15. Do you change that on me? There you go. Verse 15. The peace of God makes up is the final. Thing in Christian clothing you know we could show up at the club the they, when if they was to open one of these in Pell City an after-school program we could show up at that club and we could act a fool tear the posters off the wall tear things up take a baseball bat and whoop up on somebody are we really being peaceful about this no you know what we do if we was to do something like that? We ain't showing godly love. We are not showing the peace of Christ. I'm not telling us that we're going to be a doormat. I'm not telling us that. But you know what the greatest weapon that a Christian has? It is the power of prayer. That is the greatest weapon that a Christian has is the power of prayer. Do you know how many conflicts has been resolved over the power of prayer? Y'all don't tell nobody I said this, but there's been plenty of times that I'm going to go into a nasty situation. I'm I'm gonna. I've already been warned about a business meeting that I'm fixing to have to go into. I've already been warned about a problem in another church. It ain't never been this church. It's been a, a problem in another church. And I am praying and seeking God. Oh God, please help me in this. Pray over that thing for a solid week. Go in over there. And I'm going to tell you something. It, nothing turned out like I thought it was going to. Nothing take place like I thought it was going to. Why? The power of prayer is probably the greatest What we- is the greatest weapon that a Christian has. Is the power of prayer. The peace of God helps us in our prayer. Us praying gives us the peace of God in our lives. You got something going on in your life. You got something that's turned yourself upside down. You know what? You pray about it. I'm going to tell you something. God will take care of that thing. God's got this. The peace of God rules in our heart. Interesting enough, the word in verse 15, this word peace Let's see, and let the peace of God rule. That word rule, that last word on that first line, R-U-L-E. That word is from, in the Greek, is is a word from an athletic arena and an umpire. The peace of God settles disputes and divisions of the heart and of the soul if you will pray and ask God to move in that, that the peace of God would rest on that situation, it settles disputes. It calms things. It calms man's life. If you pray and seek God over this, the peace of God brings unity and thanksgiveness, thankfulness, excuse me. The peace of God brings unity and thankfulness in a troubled in a troublesome situation. All of these garments that we've talked about tonight, all of these things of putting on as a Christian, these garments can be put on only as we let the Word of God dwell within us. John chapter 1 verse 1, the Word was with God, the Word was God. All of these things happen when we let the Word of God dwell in our lives. What is the word of God? Who is the word of God? Jesus Christ. These garments of a Christian are only for the Christian. My jacket's back there on that chair that Dan's sitting in. We all know that if Dan tried to put my jacket on, go ahead and laugh. I'd like to see that. If Dan tried to put my jacket on, it ain't going to fit him. I think he tried to put my suit coat on one time. We was doing it just as a joke. It didn't fit him. It don't work. I picked up a jacket at the funeral home one day and I was driving. I was driving out to Alexandria. I picked up this jacket I thought was mine. I threw it in the back seat of the car and I took off. I get to my destination, I open the back seat of the car, I took the jacket out, and I put it on. It definitely wasn't mine. That thing swallowed me whole twice. I took that jacket off, I threw it in the back seat of the car, because I knew it wasn't going to be no sense of me trying to wear that jacket, because it was not mine. These that we've talked about tonight, these are the only garments They are only for Christians. These are the garments that are are only for Christians. Christians are the only ones that can wear these. Fake can try to wear, but they'll lose their sanctification because it ain't going to happen. They can't hold their peace too long. They can't do it. Why? Because they ain't truly a Christian. What we've got to realize and understand as a Christian, I need to have these garments on in my life amen live feed thank you so much for joining with us i know live feed ain't on right now but guess what it'll be on in a little while live feed thank you so much for being with us join us back sunday school sunday morning at 9 45 worship at 11 continue to be praying for one another uh there's several announcements of things going on one of the biggest things uh remember friday night i know friday night uh, the uh, guys, we've been invited to Harvest Center this Friday night at 6.30. Uh, they are having a men's meeting, and I'm speaking. So y'all come and help us out. Uh, Friday night they're going uh, to have food, and it'll be a great time of fellowship. So let's go and let's, uh, let's join with them if you're able to. Sister Stephanie says she's going to send a text out tomorrow about Christmas cards. I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> Lifey, thank you so much for being with us. May God bless you. Amen.